Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to History of the Batman with London, where we relive the defining moments of one of the most iconic figures in comic book art and literature, the Batman. On Halloween weekend, myself and the entire Meltdown Comics podcast network attended Stan Lee's Los Angeles Comic Con, and I, your host London, had the pleasure of moderating the panel, The Voices of the DC Universe, with panelists Phil Lamar, Kevin Conroy, and cast members from Teen Titans Go, including Greg Sipes, Tara Strong, Hinden Walsh, and Scott Menville. Filled with hundreds of Batman and DCAU fans, one of the most highly anticipated and fun panels at this year's con begins with Batman the Animated Series' own Kevin Conroy discussing his work with actor Mark Hamill and his overall experience portraying this iconic character. This live episode presents the rest of the animated panel discussion. While I apologize in advance for a lack of sound in certain parts of the audience Q&A portion, for those who weren't able to attend the panel, I wanted to share this incredibly fun experience with you so you can hear for yourself how these incredible actors have brought to life some of DC Comics' most beloved characters. I hope you enjoy this panel, and be sure to watch the panel as well on History of the Batman's YouTube channel. Remember, it's all about peace, love, and Batman. I thought no one would ever, ever be as good a Joker as Mark Hamill. He is, you know, he's the Joker. And then I saw Heath Ledger, and I thought, oh my God, this is... He's not better than Mark, but he's just incredible. I mean, he's in a different way. They were both incredible. Um, so it's the same with Batman. There have been so many different takes on him. Um, and, and each one is valid. Each is just a different actor's take on the character. Now, for me, Michael Keaton and you are the only ones that are valid. Oh. <laughs> you're a man of infinite taste. Now, now, Kevin, you're not just saying that because Adam West was just here, are you? <laughs> I like what you're doing, young man. No, on the topic. <laughs> Hard pass. Hard pass. <laughs> so since you are all voice actors, what originally drew you to do voice acting? I know you all have a different past or coming into this field. What well, I think, a, I think a big misconception is that voice acting is, is that much different than acting and that it's like making funny sounds. <laughs> voice acting is acting. Yes. And, you know, you're inhabiting a character and you only have your voice to, to color that character. So in a way, it's, it's, it's a little more complicated. You don't have your body, like on camera, to tell the story. You only have your voice. But if you goose it too much, it becomes cartoony and unbelievable. So it's a funny line that we walk uh, to just, yeah, you, you don't pay attention to this. Uh, <laughs> What are you talking about? That's natural, bruh. <laughs> 
But it's acting. Everyone says, what, what's, the, what's the secret with voice acting? I say, voice acting is acting. It's creating a character and coloring it with just your voice. And some of, the best, some of the best directors in the voice acting business will be the first to echo what Kevin just said. They'll be the first to say it's acting first, then the voice second. Anyone else? <laughs> no? Well, like you were just saying, it's coloring the character. And compared to on-camera acting, what are the more freeing qualities of being a voice actor? I'm assuming you literally and figuratively get to be more animated. But what it's are those? It's great with the freedom because you, you're not limited by what you look like at all, or even what gender you are, or what species you are. <laughs> like, we can be a bird, and an old lady, and a witch, and a supervillain, and a young princess, and a little boy, all in the same day. Yeah. And you're, you're limited by nothing. And you can make all these cool sounds, and your imagination starts going crazy, and you just kind of, you get to be everything. So I think it's amazing, an amazing thing to do. And you don't got to wait for hair and makeup and lighting. <laughs> In a way, it's a lot more like being children acting, I find. A, a good booking session with a voiceover group is like kids playing in a playground. And it's a lot of fun. Um, whereas on camera, there's a, it's just it's a much heavier kind of atmosphere. Well, you're, you, the, I mean, to me, the line between voice acting and on-camera acting is the same as the difference between on-camera acting and stage acting. The, the, the job is the same. Take an imaginary circumstance, bring it to life. That's our job. Whether we do that into a microphone, into a camera, or to a crowd in a room, you know, it's the same job. So people say, it's like, how did you start to being a voice actor? It's like, I was an actor who got hired for a voice job. Yeah. <laughs> and we, and, I, and I, I always get a little weirded out when somebody comes up to me and says, I want to be a voice actor. I'm like, really? That's like somebody saying, I want to act on the left side of the stage. <laughs> like, you mean you want to be an actor? Why just one side of the stage? Because to me, they're all part of the same job, you know? And if you think you can be a voice actor, and it's somehow easier. Why don't you come up here and try right now? <laughs> come up here right now and try you know, it out. <laughs> it's not. It's just as embarrassing. I mean, because somebody was like, well, nobody's looking at me. It's like, yeah, they are. They're looking at you from across the thing. It's like, do it again. All right, do that exact same thing with that exact same emotion, but two seconds shorter, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Phil Lamar for president. <laughs> Yay! Yeah! I, I'm not uh, one for uh, trying to glorify myself or what I do. I'm here for the people. <laughs> and also, it gets, it gets even weirder when you get into game gaming, the voices in gaming, because there's a world of difference. When you're doing the episodic stuff, we're all acting together. It's like a, a, a radio play. Uh, you're all together. There's a lot of interaction. You're being fed by the other actors. So one reason Mark and I work so well together is we both have a big stage background. We both love working with other actors, and we love to feed each other. 
and there's a trust there. Um, when you do a game, because of the mechanics of the way games are built, you essentially have to be recorded alone. So, like the Arkham series, um, in Arkham Knight, there were, yeah, thank you. <laughs> ah. Well, you don't know if you realize, in Arkham Knight, there were 37,000 lines of dialogue that had to be recorded. It was like recording War and Peace. Because depending on the way the game was played, all those different avenues you would go down, all those different line readings had to be recorded. And they all had to be recorded separately. So you, I was in a booth four hours a day, two bookings a day, so it's like eight hours a day with, a, with an hour off for lunch. At a week at a time, every month they would bring me in for a week uh, just to do that for those week-long bookings alone. By the end of the week, you, you, you know, kind of talking like <laughs> You're not even sure how to speak English anymore. So, you know, they say, oh, that was great. Now could you do it with a little bit more anger? Perfect. Keep that timing. The anger and a sense of irony. <laughs> great. We love the anger, the irony. Now a little smile at the end. Just a little smile. I mean, literally. And by the end of the day, you're like pulling your hair out. It's crazy. So it's totally acting kind of in a vacuum. You have to create your own reality, keep your own character real, create your own tension, drama, um, and then do that for eight hours straight, alone. So it's, it's just a whole different kind of acting. And I'm, I'm sorry, guys, I'm not gonna hijack the whole panel after oh. this, yes. but I can't, uh, there's a huge elephant in the room because um, SAG after our actors union just went on strike against a handful oh, yeah. of video game companies. And since Kevin brought it up, not me, um, <laughs> I, I do have to address it. Uh, it's a huge, huge issue um, in the sense that this work is really difficult. It's really hard, but it's important. I mean, can you guys imagine those Arkham games without Kevin? Hello! Is somebody else here from those games, Mr. Lamar? Unless you want me to bash you in your skull! <laughs> it's so weird coming out of Raven, though. <laughs> <laughs> so, the truth of the matter is, actors don't want to not work on those games. We're not trying to bankrupt the video game companies. All we're asking is that when a game is great, and people love it, and spend a lot of money, and make, you know, $700, billion, $700 million for the company, that they kick a little bit back, you know, to the people who helped create it. Um, and their big argument is, well, if we pay you, we'd have to pay the programmers. Yeah. <laughs> well, then we wouldn't have a billion dollars. We'd only have 999 million. Yeah. Yes. Not really a convincing argument to us. So, just, if anybody has questions, you can always go to my website and it's in phil, at philamar.com. And, but the, the truth of the matter is, we're trying to get them to negotiate with us. To, if they don't like our plan for how to pay it, come up with their own. They just don't want to. They, they've taken their baseball bat and their baseball and they've gone home. <laughs> they, right. They don't want to play at this point. Right. right. Their billion dollar baseball bat. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm done. No. <laughs> hey. 
Well, voicing these characters, whether it's on TV or through video games, all of your figures have been in comics for years, and Batman is over 75 years, and all of these characters have rich histories in comics. Was there any outside influence to shaping how you voiced your character, or was it strictly through the voice director, or was, was there outside influence for shaping Well, I think character? the others probably have a different uh, experience than I did. My, I was, mine was a very unusual situation. Batman was the first animated character I auditioned for. Uh, I had done commercial voiceovers, but I had never done an animated character. I didn't even know Batman hadn't been an animated character. I didn't know anything about, all, the only thing I knew about Batman when I went in and I met Bruce Tim, Paul Dini, Andrea Romano, I didn't even know who they were. Um, was, they said, what do you know about Batman? I said, well, I know the Adam West show from the 70s. And they went, no, no, no. <laughs> you know, everyone loves Adam West. Everyone loved that show, but that wasn't at all what they were going to do. They were going to go back to the Dark Knight uh, tradition and, and um, you know, the real drama, the real film noir tragedy. And they had to describe the, the situation to me. And so it was really an unusual situation where I was an actor who had trained at Juilliard, done a lot of Broadway, off-Broadway. I was a theater actor who happened to be in L.A. doing a TV series at the time. And they called me in to do this voiceover audition. So I applied all my kind of theatrical instincts to that character. They described, you know, he's, he's avenging his parents' death. He's, he's, he's living in a cave. He's, he's got two identities. He's living in the darkness. I said, you're describing Hamlet. And they said, they said, well, no one else has said that. So I just, you know, put myself in my actor's imagination. And I came up with the darkest, most, you know, the most intimate sounding place I could go, the most painful, dark place I could go in my voice. Don't stop, Kevin. And it just, it just, you know, they basically hired me on the spot, but they'd seen 700 people. So that was just a fluke. It doesn't happen that way. That was weird. It happened to me, bro. Did it? <laughs> yeah, my first audition was Beast Boy. Wow. <laughs> and the same casting director and voice director, Andrea Romano, was in the room when I walked in. And I never even, I didn't know who Beast Boy was. Um, Did you know who Andrea was? I didn't know who Andrea was. It was my first audition. That's the same situation. Dude! I thought I was so special. You're not alone, bro. But nonetheless, yeah, I think these are all veterans right here. They've been doing it since you were little. Yeah, I actually did know Andrea. I'd worked with her many times. I started out as a kid actor, so I'd done a lot of shows with her. You had an in, bro. What's up? It's all family ups. I'm just, Scotty's the most talented dude ever, by the way. <laughs> and uh, I came in for the audition, and like Kevin, I knew the Adam West show, and they said, no, we don't want that. And so uh, I kind of did my take on Robin, which was a 15-year-old kid, and Andrea said, why don't you add a little bit of Clint Eastwood to it? So suddenly Robin had a little bit more of this. <laughs> so I thank Andrea Romano for that. <laughs> Andrea. We can't say enough about Andrea. She's she awesome. is awesome. She started out, she studied acting in college. She thought she was going to be an actress. So that's why she loves actors. She loves actors. And I can't tell you enough 
Not everyone in this business does. <laughs> they really don't. Yeah, exactly. And also, with so much stunt casting, as they call it these days, which is where they take an on-camera celebrity and put them in a voiceover role, yeah. Andrea is one of the few directors who will fight for an on-camera celebrity if that person is the best one, in fact, for the role. And if the person who is the best for the role is a rank-and-file voice actor, she will fight. And she fought for Greg Sipes as Beast Boy, who was an unknown in the animation business at that time. And I think the network uh, was pushing for somebody more well-known, and Andrea said, no, you have to trust me, this is the guy. And we got she's Beast got Boy. a really strong grip, though. When she had the guy's neck, the executive's neck. <laughs> Greg Sipes is Beast Boy. And you're like, okay, Andrea. Okay. So it worked out, yeah. But I never did that voice before. It just came out. I saw a picture, and it was like, yo, what's up? He was, in, he was inside of me. It always freaks kids out. They're like, where's Beast Boy? I go, like, yo, he's right here. He's inside of me. They're like, mom? <laughs> no, he really is, though. Uh... <laughs> Hinden, Tara, you guys want to save us from mansplaining? <laughs> um, what, what are we talking about, Andrea? How or you, how you, you started. <laughs> First cartoon? Oh, man. Um, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it wasn't Andrea, but it was Maria <laughs> Estrada, Aww. who I love dearly. Um, I, how did she even know me? I can't remember. But she was like, oh, yeah, we're casting you as the lead in the, uh, the Secret of Nim 2. And I'm like... Great! Where, how did that happen? Um, but I, it was great because, um, like Kevin, um, I'm from theater and I'd done Broadway, and so animation was the easiest little step over. I mean, it, it's so much the same to me, like if yeah. it's theater or if it's animation, because you have to project, you know, you have to get your point across to you guys way back there, you know? And you have to do that on, on VO. Hi, guys! Uh, you have to do that in VO as well. Um, so doing the, the MGM movie was great. And then I got into um, a Nickelodeon show called Chalk Zone. And yeah, that it was a really good show, right? And that one, I'd been auditioning and auditioning and auditioning and auditioning for animation. It was like, OK, new kid in town here. Got to pay your dues a little bit. And, Finally, I was like, okay, clearly, whatever I do, it's just gonna go into black hole. So it doesn't matter anymore what I audition with. And I saw the character of Penny, and she had this mouth over here, and she would talk like with her mouth on the side of her mouth, you see. And so it just kind of came out like that, and I got that series, and I've been doing it ever since so happily. Good, thank yeah. God. Yeah. <laughs> Kara, what, was, what were your influences, or where did you begin? I mean, you've done so much. <laughs> yeah, it's my turn. Stop talking. <laughs> well, I knew when I was three or four that I wanted to be singer, dancer, actress. I didn't know animation was going to be my main source, but um, I grew up in Toronto, and when I was 13, I auditioned for a little show called Hello Kitty. It was also my first animation audition. Hello Kitty's Furry Tail Theater is proud to present The Wizard of Paws. And that was my <laughs> first job, and the rest is history. Yeah. Was, your, was your first franchise? That was my first franchise. <laughs> that was my first title role. Um, <laughs> but the funny thing about that is I actually grew up in a toy store and a candy store in Toronto, and my family was the first to import Hello Kitty into Canada. My dad would be like outside in like the furry suit. 
Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have pictures of me, like, as a little girl with him in the Hello Kitty costume. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Relax. Not that kind of furry, okay? It's my dad. <laughs> anyway. It was pretty cool to see her just sign furry suit over here. <laughs> Do it again. Furry suit. Furry suit. Yes. <laughs> Philly Phil, you didn't tell us you're starting animation. Yeah. What if I? First animation. Oh, oh, uh, yes, we've, we've, gone, we've taken control. We're now, I, we're now, we're now asking ourselves our own questions. Uh, my first animated job uh, was in high school. Uh, a friend of my mother's worked for NBC and knew that I did plays, and they knew that there was this new cartoon they were working on where they actually wanted to hire kids to play, real children to play the kids' roles, which was bizarre at the time. Um, and I went in and auditioned and uh, wound up getting the job, and it was my, and they filmed it in the, they recorded it in the summers when the kids were off from school um, so we wouldn't miss class, and uh, it was my summer job for three years. I was, uh, uh, Woody on the Mr. T cartoon. <laughs> no, don't, don't pretend. <laughs> hey, Phil. Phil, it, I, that's, that's not one of those ones like, oh my God, I grew up with that. That's the thing I love. I, no, not really. <laughs> I liked A-Team. I watched it once because I thought it was the A-Team and it wasn't the A-Team, so I stopped. <laughs> hey, Phil, I've heard you talk about this before. Didn't you tell me that they always directed you to go up at the end of every line? The director literally forced us to speak every line the same way. He's like, you've got to go up at the end of the line. It gives it energy. Like, every line? Every line. Like, I'm so sorry your dog died. No, you got to go up. I'm so sorry your dog died. Great. (laughs) And like, literally, if you didn't go up, you had to do it again. It was was Pavlovian. Well, on this panel, we have most of the Teen Titans, Teen Titans Go cast, which is amazing. Oh, Kari, he's just doing a little show called Walking Dead. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Kari's off wearing a wig. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when you went from Teen Titans and then came back together as, for Teen Titans Go, what was that experience like kind of coming back together and recording together. Well, first of all, it was the best phone call any of us have ever gotten, (laughs) because we really love each other, and getting to do this again with those characters was like a dream come true. So take it from there. Greg, you were very (laughs) instrumental in this. (laughs) Well, I I mean, I started a rumor. (laughs) I'm so glad you finally admitted that, because I'd be here like, Greg Sipes went to a con in Australia and said Teen Titans got a pickup. Is that true? I'm like... No, like, he would just go everywhere. But I stuck by it. <laughs> yes. And How Trumpian of you. Yeah, I mean, you got to take things into your own hands. Didn't you guys want the show to come back? <laughs> I had to be a voice for the people. So the network um, received more fan mail, physical fan mail, for the show to come back than any other show in the history of Cartoon Network. And they started to play with the idea of bringing Teen Titans Go back and to start with a couple shorts that were really funny. And then we got the call for the series. And now we get to have a lot of fun. It's like, ugh. Before you started the rumor, though, that we were coming back, uh, Greg and I were working every, periodically we'd get flown up to San Francisco to work on these My Sims games. And this car would pick us up from the airport and we'd be driving off to where we record these games. And... In the car, Greg would look at me and go, hey, brother, we got to agree 
Titans is going to come back. <laughs> He's like, if if we put the energy it. out there, it'll happen. I'm like, I right did. on. <laughs> Why don't you manifest the lotto for everyone in this room, okay? <laughs> What's the numbers? What's the number? <laughs> That's your job. Oh, yeah. <laughs> do you have a favorite incarnation, either Teen Titans or Teen Titans Go, or do you love them both equally? Because they're both different in tone, and even though it's the same characters, clearly. It's a I'm still different. waiting for season six. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to stop that something. for the applause. No, I didn't. I love our original you show like too. You like go better. I do like both better. <laughs> we like both better. Yes. I just like. <laughs> yeah, go. Which do you like better, the one before or the one that's paying you now? <laughs> no, it's like, do you like your right hand or your left hand better? Honestly, it's impossible to separate. We're the just two. happy they kept the same cast. But um, actually, from like a, you know. Because sometimes they change things. Um, but uh, <laughs> like from, from a story standpoint, I would love to do season six because I want to know what's going to happen with Trigon and Slade, and that would be amazing. Yeah, but I would never want to give up doing Go because we have so much fun. I love the creative freedom that we all have, and I love the brilliance of the writers and the, the executive producers and their ability to really let us go wild. We could do both. We could do the original in the morning and Go in the afternoon. And then a live-action show. And then a skate on ice. And then Titans on ice. Yeah. Tara's already dressed. <laughs> I'm ready to go. I just need some skates. Preparation meets opportunity. Haven't we all learned that already now? Each member of the Titans brings their own essence and their own reason why the whole team works together. How do, through your voice acting, do you evoke that character's persona? Or when you go into the studio, how do you prepare, I guess, to bring that character to life? What is, is there a unique quality that you're like, oh, I'm thinking this in my head, and that is what I want to bring to the character? Greg, totem animals? Well, I feel like Kevin said, he's like, it's about being a, a child. It's about tapping into your innocence. And I hang out with my dogs as much as I can all day long, every day. And I hang out with my son, Wingman, and Mama Shadow, and I prepare for Beast Boy. <laughs> I swear, they just, you know, it's all about having fun and being wild and free, you know, and, and being a vegan. <laughs> Who's a vegan? Raise your hand. Yeah, that's what's up. If you were cool, raise your hand. Raise your hand if you're cool. But you got to be a vegan. I'm just playing. I prepare by eating waffles. <laughs> waffles, waffles, waffles. Waffles, waffles, waffles. There it is. Yeah. Uh, Stephen <laughs> always cheers me up. Like, if I'm in a bad mood or something, she's so full of air and joy and... Just uh, this one phrase, which I always say, is like, hello, wonderful friends. And the thing is, that line was never in the original show. Like, I made that up because somebody put me on the spot at a convention. Like, talk like Starfire right now. And I'm like, uh, uh, hello, wonderful friends. And then now, the guys and Go put it into the script. <laughs> because I've been saying it so much at conventions. So now it's Starfire's thing. That's always that's what you do too when we they check our levels the engineer gets levels uh, before we start recording and you always uh, do your warm up with that right yeah, sometimes uh, so. oh. hell it is raining today it is wonderful 
Oh, I like Greg's mic check. <laughs> I was just going to ask. Check. I'm sure, Phil, what's your go-to mic check? Because every session we go to, we put the headphones on. They're like, okay, give us a level. And then we give them a level. Like, oh, what's your mic check? My, uh, my um, Justice League mic check was always, my name is John Stewart, Green Lantern of Sector 2814. <laughs> That's, that's, my, that's my pitch pipeline. Kevin, go ahead and give us a mic. I know what Kevin is. <laughs> yeah. I remember you. Oh. <laughs> Andrea. Oh, Andrea. No wonder you got the role. <laughs> Now this kind of goes for Beast Boy and Mikey, but I go, microphone checker, one, two, checker, chickity check yourself before you wreck yourself, booyaka shot! Wait, that's the other I'm not even joking, but every time he does that, then I just copy what he says as Raven, but like that I hate it. So do it again. Microphone checker, one, two, checker, chickity check yourself before you wreck yourself. And they're like, okay, that's good, Greg. Check it, you check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> That's how I do it. She does. Yeah. Every time. True. True. I did mine. Slade. <laughs> That's the original show. God. What's your one now? You're much crazier now. Yeah, it's just a, a lot of screaming. Yeah, there's, there's nobody that works I'm the leader harder. and no one listens to me. I'm the leader. Come on now. Go, go, go. <laughs> yeah. Scott works so hard on this show. Yeah, We're yeah. slackers compared to yeah. Scott. I mean, you're just amazing and tireless, and we're so honored to watch you every day, dude. You're amazing. Well, you're awesome. You know what I really want to do? I want to play a Robin to Kevin Conroy's Batman. I've wanted to do that. Any day, any day. I'll introduce you. Hey, Robin, have you ever met uh, Batman? Have I ever met him? There are pictures on my bedroom walls of him. <laughs> well, hey, Batty, this is uh, Robin. Get in the Batcave, Robin. <laughs> Best day ever. From working with these characters, and this is for the whole panel, do you see, after working with them for so long, do you see a little bit of yourself in them? Do you, can you relate to them at all in, in certain ways in the character's personality? In, anybody, yeah. Greg, can you relate to any of your characters? <laughs> Our writers on Teen Titans Go now write stuff for Beast Boy based on stuff out of Greg Sipes' life. <laughs> yeah, it's sad sometimes. <laughs> No, but yeah, well, I feel like you absolutely get to influence your characters a lot, and the characters wind up influencing you a lot. Specifically with Beast Boy, um, you know, he wasn't a vegan or a vegetarian until they learned that I was, and it just made sense to make him into that kind of character. But also, just, uh, you know, we all love music, and the show is so musical now because we love doing the song so much, and they let us, you know, come up with song ideas and write them and produce them and, and just be so, uh, you know involved in the creative process now. We get to bring a lot to our roles, you know, especially on Titans. And the wonderful thing about Batman, and the reason he's, he's lasted so long and so many people relate to him, 
He's so noble. He's so pure. And I just find that character um, so ennobling and such an example to live by, that no matter how bad your day is, you have no excuse not to be your best. He's such an example. Talk some more, Kevin. You're so peaceful. I'm like, <laughs> just want to be noble. That, do you have any characters that you personally relate to or see yourself in the characters you've voiced? Um, actually, it's funny, because I think... I mean, I've done a lot of superheroes. And I think, actually, to this day, the one at the time and still now that I relate to the most personally is, um, is Static. Um, I've always felt that the character of Virgil is probably the closest I've gotten to playing myself in anything. Like, if I had gotten superpowers when I was 14, I imagine that's pretty much what my life would have been like. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like, I would have been, you know, you know, struggling to do what's right, but at the same time, I gotta get my homework done, and you know, and Richie's always trying to tell me something that's not important, but you know, and my sister is so annoying. <laughs> but it felt, you know, and I'm sure part of that was the, the writing staff on the show was so amazing that it felt real, but it really did feel like this could be a life, this could be my life, you know. Since we have now two Harley Quinns on the stage with us, I have to ask you both about what was your experience voicing Harley in Arkham City, Arkham Knight, and Assault on Arkham, and kind of where did the inspiration come from? Was it from comics? Was it from animated series Harley? How did you form your Harley? Okay. <laughs> um, well, it's, it, okay, it's weird. I was... Uh, a teenager doing this show um, called Gypsy, and I played uh, this kid um, that was like, it's a real life theater with a real life stage. And it's like that kind of gun molly kind of thing was always with me, like weirdly, because that was before Harley Quinn even existed. And um, Andrea Romano was the one that was like, Harley Quinn, we have this show called The Batman, and like you to uh, audition for it, and I'm gonna set it up so you audition five minutes before the session. So they'll probably just love you and you'll just stay and do the session. And fortunately, that happened. But in the prep for that, she was like, watch Born Yesterday. Watch, um, is it Billy Day, right? Like a little bit of that kind of a thing. And you know, and I actually was lucky enough to get to work on Justice League, um, and with Ar Arlene, and you know, I was like, wow, oh man, that would have been a great part. Oh, <laughs> she's just killing it, she's killing it. And so it was super fun uh, to get to do it later, but I mean, like how my head kind of works, it's sort of like I was in the second cast of Les Mis. You know, it's like, Replacement cast, Harley is Arlene, Harley is Paul Dini, that, you know, that they created her. And, I mean, it came from something Arlene did on a soap opera, 
which is so cool to me. <laughs> and yeah, it's just, I just feel thrilled that I get to, you know, play her once in a while, and it's great. And that's all. That's what I got. I also was able to witness the amazing Arlene. I was playing Batgirl with Kevin Conroy on one side and Mark Hamill on the other, and I pinched myself every damn day. (laughs) And Arlene is magical. There is no other like her. And um, I did not audition. Colette brought me in for the video game and said Arlene was not doing the game, and I panicked because I love her so dearly. And I said to the creator, why am I here? And they said they wanted a new take on it. It's not a, you know, most voice actors, when there's a replacement, we call to make sure, you know, oh, you want scale and a half after we made three million? No. So we <laughs> call each other to make sure it's not a money thing. So this was strictly uh, creative to sort of have all these crazy levels for her. And I was terrified to step into those shoes, because those are some mighty big shoes, Puddin'. Um, and I'm just honored to have played her and played her alongside Kevin and, and Mark again. And, and speaking of you know the stuff with the video game, not to bring it up again, but <laughs> the reasons that we're so passionate about this strike and what's happening is when we go into a video game session, we don't think, oh, I'm gonna act less better than if I were on a TV show. And I think when the industry started, um, they didn't hire the best actors, they didn't hire the best directors, and and then they started hiring good actors and they still didn't have good directors, so we would come in and do 8,000 death sounds and kill our voices. But knowing I've met so many of you amazing fans at cons, the gamers are so hardcore because we're in the game with you. And so us, whereas the actors, were so conscientious about doing a great job, so... It's just, we feel like there should be like the same pay that we would get to do on a show, except that it's even more work. Yeah. And for me, my first real um, vision of a game that looked like a movie was Arkham. I mean, what an amazing, beautiful, beautiful game. So it was a real honor to be part of that and that new sort of trend of games looking like film. That was a long answer. No, that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Kevin and Phil, you've worked as Batman and Green Lantern on Justice League, and how was working on that show and the dynamic with the entire cast, with the entire league? Because I know for a lot of people, that was a huge introduction to all those characters on that show. Well, I'm going to start, because I knew you. Um, (laughs) Kevin was already established. Kevin was Batman when we first started doing Justice League, so... He was the bar the rest of us were trying to reach. Um, and it was great because I think Bruce has like a base fetish. Because there were, there were a few episodes where, I remember one in particular, you were on a mic, Clancy Brown was there as Lex Luthor. Um, like I, I was doing uh, John, Carl was doing um, uh, John Jones, and I think uh, William Smith was guesting as something like, but, it, but basically it was all of these guys, like, like the voices were all off the, the end of your piano. Like you went, dun, 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 dun. Like, so it was all these guys talking like this and everyone was talking like this and all the voices were like, you didn't actually hear what anyone was saying. You just felt it through the bottom of your feet. <laughs> 
You know, so, I mean, I think it's because of the way Bruce draws characters. Like, everybody has this enormous chest cavity. So all the voices have to sound like this. <laughs> um, and then as a counterbalance to that, there was Susan doing Wonder Woman. And I remember there were times when she would say some completely innocuous line, well, we've got to go get them. Something like that. And like, George Newbern had the mic next to mine, and I would think in my mind, it's like, okay, what she's saying is not at all sexy, but she just made it sound so sexy. <laughs> and I would look over at George, he's like, all right. <laughs> so, that was my experience. The thing for Justice League for me was, uh, suddenly you're one of seven principal characters. So I went from um, uh, Batman the Animated Series to where I was the focus of the show, really, to the adventures of Batman and Robin, where I had a sidekick, and then Batman Beyond, where I was old, 80-year-old Bruce Wayne, and someone else was the focus of the Batman, and then Justice League, where I was one of seven. But you've still got to be true to your character and establish your reality, even if it's only with five lines in that episode, which it often was, uh, just because you're sharing the stage with so many people. But you can't over, overladen those lines too much or they become unbelievable. So you've got to keep your reality, but you have a very small window to establish it in. And that's a funny kind of a tightrope to walk. So that was the challenge for me of doing Justice League. Yeah, I remember the, uh, the, uh, the writers talking about that, especially that first season, how hard it was to balance seven yeah. main characters. You know, and you got to give everybody their due, and you know, it's like, okay, well, how do we create storylines mm. where seven people are all like, interacting, and it's like, it can't be about all seven of them. You know, so, and the world is you know, being destroyed at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I want to ask a couple more questions and then we'll open it up for a couple of questions from the audience. But do you have a... <laughs> do you have a favorite episode or fondest memory of voicing the, your favorite characters, your favorite DC characters? Do you have an episode in mind? Um, my fav well, it's funny. My favorite episode is the, the Manhunter episode of Justice League. Um, and that's just because I'm an old-time comic book head. You know, I'm a fanboy, and that is the one time I've gotten to say the oath. So, you know, what else am I going to pick? <laughs> My favorite episodes were uh, Perchance to Dream and uh, Dreamscape, and both of them are because, you know, bad, I got to play multiple... Uh, realities in the same show. So for an actor, it's just a lot of fun. But I think the best project I was a part of was probably Mask of the Phantasm. Uh, uh, yes. That's just such a great movie. And it tells the whole Batman uh, legacy so beautifully. Favorite? Do you have a favorite? I can't choose between all these shows. It's too hard. Favorite episode of Teen Titans? That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> There's so many. I love that show so much. Um, I love uh, The Beast Within. I love the, 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 the most recent, like, when we're living on the island. 
Um, I forget the names of all the episodes. I, li- I like the one where we just redubbed the original series. <laughs> that one was awesome. I got to play Plasmith. That was really fun. Um, yeah, I mean, I could keep going. Yeah. What about you? Uh, my, my favorite go is Lady Legacies. Oh, yeah. Look at those legs. <laughs> And my favorite Batman episode was Girls' Night Out. I, I just thought that was so hot with Batgirl and Supergirl with towels on their head, gossiping, not about you. I, you know, I, that chick power thing just gets me. I like that. I'm with you. I couldn't possibly choose. They're all amazing. Um, from the original show, I liked a, uh, an episode called Troc where yeah. someone yeah, is being cool. racist against Starfire yeah. and like Cyborg the best line. That was a good episode. <laughs> like, best line, what was it? It was something like, what do you mean? People are judging you just for what you look like. They don't know anything about you. And she's like, yes, you understand? He said, of course I do. You forget, I'm half robot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I just got chills, no lie. <laughs> Uh, from the original Teen Titans, some of my favorite episodes were the very dark ones. Uh, one called Fractured was really cool. Betrayal, there were a lot of really great ones where Robin got to go head-to-head with Slade, where I got to go toe-to-toe with the actor Ron Perlman in the studio and act off him. That was a lot of fun. As far as Teen Titans go, they're all my favorite. I, get to, I got to do a monologue in Pig Latin. I got to play four different Robins and one called the best Robin. One was Golly Gee, and then the other one was What's Up. And then there's another one that talked like that. And so, I don't know, you just get to do all kinds of crazy stuff on Go. So pretty much anything from Go is my favorite on that Dance show. for your bees. <laughs> Come on, Robin. You want some bees? Dance for your bees. I'll dance for your bees. Why is he doing this? That's it, dance! <laughs> Come on, dance. <laughs> pick-a-doo, pick-a-doo, boop. That just gets you one B, bro. Um, did you see the signing when you were doing that? Did everybody watch the signing? Do it again, watch the signing, girl. Do it again. Watch the what? The girl that's signing. Oh. Teen Titans go! You are awesome. Awesome. Now, I bet you don't get to do that when they hire you at corporate events to sign. <laughs> okay, I think we have time for a few questions. So if you have... Okay. Yes. were we? We weren't. That's right. We were not in the room together. So, yes. 
<laughs> I, you just have to imagine it. You just have to feel it. And, and Andrea was reading with me, and so, you know, it was right there, right there. And just, you know, it was just like, keep it simple, simple, simple. If you guys, do you know what we're talking about? Like, Ace died? Yeah. Okay. Thoughts? <laughs> Kevin agrees. He... Yeah, I agree. <laughs> oh, he agrees. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, you, right there. Thank you so much. Uh, well, no. I mean, <laughs> the, 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 uh, the new Justice League action, uh, Mark is doing some guest voices in. Um, but um, no, there's nothing that I'm doing in terms of Batman and Joker. No, there's nothing wrong. For me, acting-wise, you and Mark, nothing's ever going to touch Killing Joke. That, you guys no, were wow. amazing. You were amazing. What a movie. You what guys movie. were so, like, just the that acting, amazing. so wild. I love it? that movie so much. Thank you so much. But no, Justice League action is something to watch out for. It's really great. The, the, the guest cast is incredible. James Woods and, I mean, all kinds of actors. It's really good. Very cool. Can you ask about the killing joke? How did Tara and Kevin feel about that girl? You knew we were going to get that question, right? Wow. <laughs> He's hot. Uh, it was very hot. It was very hot. Look, that's, you know, he's a man. That's the thing about Batman. He's and not a superhero. And she's a grown woman. Yeah, he's not a superhero. He's a man. And they're not related. And he's, and he's hot. He's had, these, he's had these passions. That's what I loved about Mask of the Phantasm. He begs his parents at, the, at their grave to release him from the, the oath that he made to them because he's fallen in love with Andrea, this woman. And he, he suddenly discovers love. And I love that about um, the, the, the uh, killing joke is that there's this passion. And you, re you remember, this is a, a man with passions. And he... It's he your coworker's daughter. <laughs> That's how you know the real geek on this panel. <laughs> I was trying to put a positive spin on it. I loved it. It was uh, hot. Hey, Jim. Hey, Batman. What'd you do last night? Oh, nothing. Oh, I should probably disappear right now. That's awkward. By the yeah, way, yeah, real I'm honorable, Kev. You changed my whole perspective on you now. Your soothing thing is a whole act. I know, I know. And he's such a dog. He's such a dog. <laughs> Truth comes out. Whatever. Yeah, I don't bad. care. It doesn't matter. You don't care. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. It's fine. You're a lot more like Beast Boy, bro. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> Whoa! Uh, 
Well, one of my favorite roles that I've ever done was a short-lived primetime show called Mission Hill. And uh, I did the little nerdy brother, Kevin French, and that is pornography, and it is not to be viewed by minors. Ah, bling long, bling long. I don't remember. Thank you. <laughs> the furthest from mine would have been Terrence, probably. Oh, right. And nobody knew that was me. Boo-hoo, you losers. <laughs> That one did hurt after a while. <laughs> um, there's a new character I'm doing. Everybody say Mr. Hand three times. Mr. Hand, Mr. Hand, Mr. Hand. Oh, man, what's up, y'all? How y'all doing? <laughs> For real, I'm Mr. Hand. It's nice to meet y'all. What's up? Hey, Kev, what's up? <laughs> you know what's up, Phil. I love you, bro. That is not sound like you. <laughs> Actually, that's really, I got that from Kevin uh, Michael Richardson. That's my best Kevin Michael Richardson. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Come here, Greg. But that's Mr. Hand now. When I auditioned for Batman originally, I was trying to pitch myself. They wanted to hear me for Batman, and I said, but, you know, I really want to do character voices. It'd be so much more fun to do Joker or, uh, or Bullock or something. And they said, well, don't you understand? If you do Batman, you'll be in every episode <laughs> for the rest of your life. <laughs> I said, but yeah, but I could do a really good Bullock. You know, I could do the, you know, D's and Dems kind of Bullock character. And she said, no, no, no. I said, well, what about Joker? <laughs> they didn't want to buy it. Thank God. Thank God they didn't. Um, that's interesting. I think, I feel like the character that's farthest away from my real voice is uh, not from any of the, the DC characters. It was a character I did in um, the Metal Gear series called Vamp, um, which was, they, it was described to me as vaguely Middle, Middle Eastern European, but not any place specific. Um, <laughs> Yes, he's not Casmia. a right. right. Yeah, Cas he's not a real vampire necessarily, <laughs> and he's ambisexual. Like, go. Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Well, and it was just sort of like, well, what if he was a vampire? Like, if you're a vampire, you don't breathe. So, like, I tried to take as much air out of a voice as I could. My queen, you won't believe what we've found. Well, snake, are you ready to die? <laughs> just, just turn up the creep factor. I hope that doesn't sound like my real voice. When you're in that situation, things come out organically. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Do it. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
One more question. <laughs> okay, you jump. <laughs> okay, I love all you guys. And first, can we give a big hand to Tara for dressing up as Raven? Yeah, yeah. Mmm, <laughs> that ain't the Raven I remember. <laughs> I feel like a very expensive escort. <laughs> How much did you pay for this ticket? Turn the lights down. I have three examples. Okay, so for me, uh, the question was, he grew up in a Latino household and he loves my Robin's pronunciation of uh, the, how they pronounce soccer uh, over here. Robin would say, Titans, today we were going to play football. <laughs> One of the other Titans would say, you mean football? No, 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 football. <laughs> All right. And uh, when we're done, leave the cash on the dresser. <laughs> They call me Jack. <laughs> I am vengeance. I am the night. I am Batman! That is a perfect way to end this panel. <laughs> so I want to thank everyone for coming to the Voice of the DC Universe, all of our panel. Blessings, blessings, peace, love, and animals. Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer a hand clapper a high fiver I kind of like the high five but if you want to hone in on those winning moves check out Chumba Casino at ChumbaCasino.com choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes there are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses so don't wait start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com no purchase necessary VTW void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus if you only have a 401k you're not getting the most for retirement wait what add a Robinhood IRA on top then they'll boost it by 3% you can do that and if you transfer 
transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.